Welcome to the Ripple Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brad Long. We've got an exciting show for you this week. We travel up and down the Florida Panhandle. We talk Pensacola, we talk Destin, talk Apalachicola, and all the things that those areas have to offer this time of year. It's an up-to-date report. It's brand new information. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive right in. So first up for the Pensacola, Florida area is Captain Brant Peacher. Brant has been a guide for a long time in the Pensacola area, and he's probably best known for his YouTube channel, Angler Up with Brant. So if you'd like to know a little bit more about him and see what he's up to, check him out on YouTube. Follow him there. He's got a ton of videos and a ton of subscribers. So check him out. You can also reach out on his website to book a trip. It's captainbrant.com. Reach out to him there if you're interested in fishing with him over in the Pensacola area. So Captain Brant, how you doing? Doing just fine, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, So have you been able to get out lately from the Pensacola area? Not very often, but you know, we get a, we get a day or two a week where the weather's halfway decent. It's, it's, uh, it's cold and windy, man. February's a rough month. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it seems like these transition months are, are more and more of a challenge to fish. Um, how do you handle that? Yeah. So you, you just have to kind of find areas that are accessible and, uh, and make something happen. And, for me, I've been doing it so long. I, I know areas that you can uh, get to on windy days that still hold fish. And so we are limited to where we can fish, but we are still able to be productive. Right. That makes perfect sense to you. So you fish mainly inshore in the Pensacola area, but you do some offshore as well. right? I do a little of both. Yeah, I do. I do a little of both. I, I do a lot of inshore and some offshore. Gotcha. So the offshore happens primarily during red snapper season, or, or do you just kind of as needed? You know, you, we can offshore fish year-round here, right? I actually went offshore fishing three days ago, caught a bunch of amberjack and scamp and, uh, you know, tons of red snappers out there right now and uh, different stuff like that. Uh, but, yes, uh, during, during red snapper season, that's when we get our huge influx of tourists down here wanting to do snapper charters and stuff like that. Sure. Do you, uh, so this time of year, uh, on the inshore side of things, um, what are you primarily fishing for inshore in the Pensacola area? Right now I'm doing a lot of sight fishing. So in the winter months, our water's super clear. And so you can, uh, there's always places to sight fish. If it's a north wind, I'm sight fishing the beach for big bull reds and big black drum, a few pompano. If it's, uh, you know, if it's a south wind, I'm, fishing the south bank in our bay sight fishing uh redfish and, and they just kind of stick out like a sore thumb this time of year so right that, that copper color just glows you know on yep. the on the beach though they they tend to be a little more of a silvery kind of color for they the- are yeah they are but our water's so clear that they they still they they stick out sure so speaking of clear water um i know in the month of february um all of us north of you that aren't directly on the coast have gotten a tremendous amount of rain. Um, how does that rain affect, I guess, the runoff as it all runs south into the Gulf or a lot of it does? How does that affect your fishery and that clear water that you typically see this time of year? So it, it is, it definitely affects it. Um, this, out of all the Februarys that I can remember being a guide, this has been the dirtiest water. However, uh, you know, the dirty water kind of goes in and out with the tides. And so you just have to hit it at the right, right time. There'll be a time, time of day where the water is clear. Um, and there's also, 
other areas, you know, the runoff hits Pensacola Bay and flows out the pass. Well, if you go just east of Pensacola down the intercoastal waterway, you're kind of away from that runoff and, uh, and you're, you're still getting clear water. So that makes sense. So the key, uh, it sounds like to me for you in Pensacola in, in that area is clear water this time of year. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and does that have to do sight fishing's fun? I mean, let's be yeah. honest. So that's mm-hmm. that's my favorite way to catch anything is is to be able to kind of hunt it down and see it and, and watch the take and all these things. But um, is it does it have to do with the, that water warming up this time well, of year? As as far as what is concerned, temperature. So I mean, is is it is it just that that shallow clear water warms up faster on a sunny day, or is it just that's just I, you know I. I I tend to think these fish, a lot of these fish are just here year round. And so, uh, right now we, we usually have super clear water and for some reason they eat very, very well this time of year. There's limited bait around. And so, uh, they tend to eat artificial lures a lot better right now, like soft plastics, like gulp shrimp and stuff. When you sight fish, as opposed to summertime fish, there's so much bait everywhere that they, uh, they, it just tends to be a little tougher to catch them when you're sight fishing. So how do you? So when you take clients out, are you primarily artificials or are you primarily live bait? So a lot of live bait with clients, and I don't do as much chartering anymore um, as I used to. I have a couple guides that work for me, and I'm mainly out there. You know, now I, I'm making YouTube videos and stuff because my platform has gotten so large. Right. But um, and I would rather sight fish. But when you have inexperienced clients on the on the boat, the uh, the best way to put them on fish is with live bait, hands down. Right. That that makes perfect sense. Do you? So I was gonna I was gonna ask you um, for a person that's never fished the the Pensacola Bay system. Um, do you have any tips or or any kind of tricks or things that they should know about? How to approach that just for a first time visitor that, that wants to do some fishing i know hiring a guide should be the first sure. choice yeah. um, give, give me a call and i'll put you in. <laughs> yeah so so let me go you can never go wrong going to the bait and tackle shop and talking to the uh local employees either at outcast bait and tackle or gulf breeze bait and tackle and, and ask them what's biting and getting some live shrimp and going and hitting structure and there's a lot of visible structure in pensacola like rock jetties and bridges and if you just have are inexperienced in our area fishing with live shrimp uh or other types of live bait if you have a cast net can catch it you're going to be successful right that's good to know, and and you know every, everything seems to eat shrimp at one time or another. I sure, <laughs> is, absolutely. Is is there a pier system? I know some of the you know Panama City has a a, a large public pier. Mm-hmm. Does that does Pensacola have something like that? Yeah, they have Fort Pickens Pier and Pensacola Beach Pier. Uh, Fort Pickens Pier is in, at the pass. Uh, leading out into the Gulf and and uh, the beach pier obviously is off uh, Pensacola Beach and both can be good uh, this time of year. Uh, ca- they're catching sheep's head on both of them, pompano on both of them, and uh, stuff like that. Right, awesome. So if uh, that's those are two great options then for for visitors coming to town that might want to try something and and not make the investment of a guided trip or they just don't have the full day or half day to to sure. give to it. Um, well, that's that's great news then that that those peers uh, are available uh, as an option. Yep. yep. 
Yeah, so, they're, uh, yep, go ahead. Do you, have the Pompano moved in strong yet on the beaches? Not strong. They're trying to start to trickle in. Uh, a couple of people I work with that are heavy Pompano fishermen are just starting to catch them. And like I said, the piers are just starting to catch a few as well. Okay. So in the next couple of weeks, or, or I guess it's all temperature based. It's only going to get better. Right. When do you expect things to really take off in your part of, of the world? I, you know, I, I like April. You know, right. let's, let's get through March. You know, we're still going to have some cold snaps in March. And uh, April is when it kind of kicks into uh, slightly more summer mode. And uh, that's just kind of an uphill swing from there. Sure. It makes sense. And that's, I'm, I'm you know, the, the spring is always such a tricky time and it starts right about now. And for, you know, the rest of us that, that travel in to, to fish your area, um, we have these warm snaps and we get all excited and they're followed by a cold snap and it just kind of shuts everything. I don't want to say it shuts it back down, but it impacts it. Sure. And so it's easy for us to get excited and get all worked up, but really yep. the best time is a month or two out, you know, to, to, Absolutely. to make the trip. Absolutely. Yep. So what would, uh, it, it, we talked artificial and live bait, but if you could only fish with one bait from now on, what would that be? Uh, meaning artificial lure or what? Yeah, artificial bait. So just one bait from for the rest of your life. What what would that bait be? Gotcha. Yeah. So if, if I'm talking about it from a success standpoint, uh, like I said, I do more sight fishing than anything. And so when I'm sight fishing redfish or trout on a sand flat or uh, black drum or whatever else it is, uh, you know, I'm going to probably be throwing a, a Berkeley gulp shrimp just because it tends to be uh, the most productive when sight fishing. Um, you know, if I'm talking about it from just a having fun standpoint, you know, you, it can't beat a topwater plug. No, absolutely. Those, you know, I, I would agree with you that the topwater just, you really can't beat it if that's what they want to chew on. Um, and, and that gulp bait, you know, that scent that's in there um, really makes a big difference, especially with some of the fish you mentioned, the red drum and the yeah. black drum. And some of those, those fish are really scent-oriented, so um, that certainly can go a long way, at least getting them to bite it and hang on that extra Absolutely. second. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Brant, tell us how we can get a hold of you. Tell us how listeners can get a hold of you if they're planning a trip to Pensacola and they want to hire a guide. What's the best way to, to reach out to you? Gotcha. Yeah. So two different ways. For one, you can check out my YouTube channel. I uh, have 85,000 subscribers on it. It's Angler Up with Brant, and you can get a hold of me through that channel as well. I post different videos in the Pensacola, Florida area every week, and so you can kind of see what's going on. Or you can go through my website at www.captainbrant.com. Awesome. Thank you again, Brant, and uh, maybe we can talk again, and, uh, and I appreciate you being on the show. Yep. No problem. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Captain Brant. So next up, we're going to head over to Destin, Florida, and we're going to talk to Captain Lionel James. Captain Lionel James, you may have seen him before. He's been on uh, a, a TV show called Addictive Fishing with uh, Blair Wiggins on Fox Sports. He's been in the area for a long time. He does a great job. He knows the water. He knows how to put you on fish. So if you want to find out more about Captain Lionel, visit lionstailadventures.com. There's all the information you want to know. Check him out there. So, Captain Lionel, how you doing? Pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for having me on board. How's the fishing in uh, in the Destin area? Have you been able to get out lately? 
Um, well, it's really good if the weather cooperates. You know, this time of year uh, in the wintertime, you have these um, these cold fronts that come through pretty periodically. So we get, we've, we've been getting a lot of rain and a lot of wind lately. However, on those two or three days that you get of clear weather, the fishing has been pretty good. Yeah. So how, how are you catching them uh, on those days where you're able to get out? Um, so this time of year, what we're getting into is sheep's head. Um, and speaking of sheep's head, the ship's Chandler in Destin, Florida, uh, they host a annual sheep's head tournament at the, the last weekend of every February. The reason being is that those sheep's head start to migrate back into uh, the pass area and the Destin bridges and uh, the bridges all around the area. Um, and that's kind of what we start to focus on first thing as we start to get closer to wintertime. So right now I'm doing a lot of sheep's head fishing um, using small shrimp, live shrimp. Uh, it's always best. Uh, if you can get your hands on some oysters or even fiddler crabs, uh, will always work as well. Do you? So, what's your bait of choice for sheep's head? Is it because um, you hear all kinds of things? Is it is it the the small live shrimp or fiddler crab? What seems is it hit or miss? Well, you know, I like to bring both of them. I like to bring a couple dozen shrimp, a couple dozen fiddler crabs, and if I'm fishing with a friend of mine, um, we'll always go. One has a fiddler crab and one has a live shrimp. Kind of, until we kind of figure out what they're biting on. Because with sheep's head, they're feeding on the pylon, and on these pylons that grow are crustaceans. Well, in those crustaceans and those oysters um, are always crabs roaming around, and they're always always small shrimp. Uh, but more than anything, it's the crustaceans and, the, and the, um, the little crabs running around there. So if I had to choose, I would choose a feather crab. Um, but at the same time, live shrimp, if you just pinch off the tail, it puts a little bit more scent in the water to help those fish find the fish makes sense have you i've heard of people taking a uh, an oar or something and like scraping the power is that absolutely. is that helpful do you do you do that very often absolutely absolutely um adding any scent to the water will attract those fish um surprisingly it doesn't scare them away i think it has something to do with the depth of the water and the fact that you're putting that much scent in the water and there it's kind of causing a feeding frenzy and kind of let me go back i said feed help the fish find the fish and i meant to say help the Help the fish find the bait. I apologize. No, it makes sense, man. Hey, the uh, I, I've heard of people doing that. I've honestly never tried that. I haven't had great luck catching sheep's head, and maybe that's why. Right. I'm a warm right. weather guy. Well, though. it's still too cold for me. You know, it, it is. It is really cold right now. But like I said, in the next two or three weeks, they're going to start migrating back. And I mean, if you've never caught a bunch of sheep's head, let alone one or two, it's going to be the next three weeks are going to be the perfect time for you. Um, fun fact about sheep's head, when they are mating and they are breeding, they're producing 10,000 eggs a night Wow, uh, that are floating. Right, right. So that's kind of why the limit of sheep's heads are so high, because one, they produce a massive amount of eggs on a nightly basis, and two, um, they are fast growers. So um, sheep head limit is 10 per person. And okay. like I said, in the next three weeks, it's going to be um, a really good time to just go out there and get them. So are you? So where do you primarily fish for sheep's head? And, and what I mean is, you know, you you cover a you know Fort Walton, Destin, um, the 30A area. Are you are you mainly in Choctawatchee Bay? Uh, I'm mainly in Choctawatchee Bay. Um, Choctawatchee. I primarily, yeah. So I primarily take. I, I like the Destin Bridge. Um, it's it's connected to the Gulf right there, so you have fresh water coming in and out of there every day. Um, and the first place when these sheepheads start to migrate in and out, the first two places that they're going to stop at to eat are the East and West Jetty and the Destin Bridge. Um, the Destin Bridge always holds bait. It always holds, uh, you have a number of pylons to 
choose from. And with those choices, they have a number of, of pylons to choose from as well to eat on. So right. um, that's kind of where I center my focus at. Um, so these fish are going from inshore to offshore to spawn. Or, or the right. pass, or are they? Do they actually go offshore, or, or do they so just? So some of them in? are coming from offshore to inshore, and some. Um, I haven't. I don't know the science behind all of it. Uh, I know some of them come from inshore to go offshore, but I believe the ones that are coming in now are coming in from offshore, uh, because the first place some of they hit, they hit some of the. Um, and I'm sorry, the piers are also a great place to to fish for these sheephead as well, because yeah. they're going to hit the piers first come to the the pass and then onto the bridges as well right well you know that leads me into one of the things i was going to talk to you about so uh with spring break coming up you guys obviously get a ton of tourists every year probably starting in in march i would say with spring break um absolutely how what kind of tips do you have for a first-time visitor to fish in that area um you just gave a good one so obviously there's some public piers uh that that are accessible um what other kind of tips do you do you have for for those visitors that Kind of have to figure well, the area out. Come down here and get on fit. So a lot of guys, what's available to Destiny, I guess it kind of makes it unique to the area as well, is there's all kind of like kayak and paddleboard ramps, right? Okay. So you're like, well, how do I get to the to the bridge to fish these pylons or whatnot? Um, and maybe I don't want to take a long walk on the beach to um, walk the uh, the West Jetty because it, it is a really really long walk. Well, I would say. Um, Go to the bridge, kind of look around and see how everybody's doing it. So what happens is they went the the kayakers and the, and the paddleboarders will paddle out to one of these pylons, tie their paddleboard off, and then hop onto the pylon and fish from there. Ah, so um, you can fish all four, all four right, sides of it, yeah. right? Or they'll tie themselves off to one of the skinnier pylons. Um, you know the 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 kayaks are easy to maneuver. I would just, you know, always wear your life vest and watch out for the big boats because they don't really care. Right. Um, uh, but that's the best way. If you don't want to do that, then you can fish straight from the bridge. There's a, there is a no fishing section in the middle of the bridge. However, I see a lot of people just kind of dropping lines down there. Right. And uh, kind of waiting for the bite. So there's several ways to get out there. It's just whatever your fancy is and whatever adventure you live, you want to go on. Yeah. Way to well, get there. Oh, that's awesome. That's good to know. So we talked about Sheepshead. Um, what else do you target this time of year? Okay, so March 1st opens up the triggerfish oh, okay. uh, season, right? So after, um, typically if we can't get a sheepshead bite, we're going to head offshore. And by offshore, I mean maybe a mile or two. Um, the she- the triggerfish at the moment are really, really thick on any kind of structure you go to. So uh, that's going to be a very, very targeted fish in the, in the next couple of days. And, and honestly, it's a very easy fish to catch uh, for anybody. Yeah. What When is that season over? Uh, I believe it's the 31st, um, actually. So oh, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. I have to, I just know when it opens. Up. Right. Yeah. So the month um, of March essentially is, is going to be, absolutely. uh, is your absolutely. trigger fish. That's a great, great fish on, uh, to eat as well. To eat, uh, to catch. They're, they're really fun fighting fish. Uh, they're great table fare and, um, they're very, very easy to catch. Family friendly. That's a nice Absolutely. family-friendly fish. They they're, they're easy to catch. They don't get gigantic, so your children won't have trouble catching you know something that's just huge that they can't uh, they can't bring in. But they they fight good, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Good. Um, so, do you are you catching any redfish, trout, anything like that this time of year? Or is that going to come a little bit? You later? know, the redfish bite is steady. Um, what a lot of people don't realize in the, in the winter time, a lot of the bigger redfish go really really shallow. 
Um, so there's several places to catch these big redfish. Redfish are always going to hang around the piers, um, not piers. Redfish are always going to hang around the, the Destin bridges, the um, the jetties as well. Right. However, what happens in the winter time is that these fish go very, very shallow because of the food that they're chasing um, is in those shallow waters. So, okay. you know, in shallow, I mean inches and inches of water um, to from inches to about two to three feet is where you're going to find these redfish at. Yeah, so that's fun. That's sight fishing, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And if that's not your thing, um, I would focus more on really, really deep docks that have about a 10 or uh, that are really deep, about 10 to 12 feet. Okay. So that water, they can come in and out of the shallows. It goes into the deep, so they can come warm up. And then at night, they go back into these shallow, deep waters to uh, to stay warm for the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So if you what what's your preference? Are you a, a live bait guy or an artificial guy? Um, if I'm by myself, I throw artificials. However, if I have clients, we're going to bait it up, you know, right. A friend of mine always tell me it's better to feed them than try to trick them. Right. So when, uh, when something's on the line with clients, I'm going to, I'm going to grab some shrimp or something like that. And we're going to go, we're going to use bait. Yeah. Hey, I don't blame you. And you know, and that, and that's a kind of a a hidden tip, I guess, for, for someone who maybe isn't as experienced as, um, you know, Mm -hmm. grab, grab some live bait. I mean, it's going to pay off for you. Right. You know, as you get more into the spring and the summer, live bait kind of is, is tough, especially shrimp, because you get all your fin fish back, like your fin fish pecking on them and stuff like that. Right. So that becomes kind of a con. But however, the pro to throwing artificials is that you cover a lot more water in a, in a short amount of time, you know. So you kind of pick your poison on what you want to deal with. Um, me personally, I love throwing artificials, um, but I know that, hey, there's a time for everything. Right. No, absolutely. So if you had to only pick one artificial bait to fish with the rest of your life, what bait would you pick? Um, I don't think I can answer that one because I'm currently, <laughs> I'm currently coming out with my own designs and my own molds. So I don't want to say it's going to be my own, my own design. I'm not going to shout out any other company. You know, like, <laughs> so like, it would be, so. but it would be a soft plastic. It would be a soft plastic, absolutely, absolutely, in some kind of, like, fish pattern. Yeah. You know, uh, I, w- I would do that for yeah. sure. So what – do you have a name for, for the side project, or is that something I that's do. Not, I do. But are we ready yet? Next, yeah, it would be for the next report. All the, the paperwork is being finalized, and ah. all the patents and trademarks and all that stuff that you have to go through. You oh, know? that's awesome. That's exciting then. Hey. Right. I just figured, you know, I've been doing this my whole life. Um and in, in the new school way of everything is that I could promote myself um, and why not just kind of make my own, I've, I've, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, that's, you know, this podcast kind of exists because I don't live on the coast. I fish right. your area all the time, but this right. exists because I couldn't find solid, reliable fishing report type information to base my trips off of and i said well hey right. if, if it doesn't right. exist maybe i should make it exist and so that's kind of absolutely that's kind of why i'm here <laughs> i get it i get it i totally yeah. get it you know um yeah 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 so that's that should be done in the next i would say the next month ago and you'll start seeing little flashes of it here and there um yeah we get the final product uh well, that's awesome. You know, that's uh, hopefully we can talk again, and, and that's something you can kind of keep up, keep us up to speed on. I mean, I know the listeners would be interested in in something new that's effective, and uh, 
And absolutely. hey, you heard it here first, right? So that's awesome. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You actually are the only ones that's heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. We'll keep it to ourselves. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, so, Captain Lionel, tell us how we can get a hold of you if the listeners are headed to Destin, headed to 30A, and they want to do some fishing while they're down on spring break or they're down on vacation. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Lions Talk Ventures. Uh, and YouTube as well um, under Lions Tail Adventures. And if you're looking to book a trip, lionstailadventures.com is my website. You can contact me on there if you have any kind of fishing questions or want to book a trip. Um, I always answer my messages on Instagram. So kind of either way, I've just kind of made it very easy for everyone. Just look up Lions Tail Adventures and then we'll find this big smiling dude. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Captain Lionel. I appreciate you doing the podcast and, uh, and hopefully we'll talk to you again next week. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate it, boss man. Man, what great information from Captain Lionel about catching sheep's head over in Destin, Florida. Next up, we got Captain Britt Martina from Apalachicola, Florida. Captain Britt is primarily a fly fishing, sight fishing guide, but he does a lot of inshore stuff too. Summer months, you'll find him chasing tarpon from May to around August up and down the, the coast of the Apalachicola area there. And he does a great job sight fishing, and he really knows the area. He's been guiding for tremendous amount of time if you'd like more information about fishing with uh with captain brett you can catch him at appalachinshore.com so check him out there captain brett how you doing how you doing man doing good buddy how's the fishing down in Apalachicola these days uh, it ain't bad you know we're getting ready for the for the warm-up and that's kind of what we're waiting on there's a little bit of trout fishing a little redfish going on some bull reds around the passes uh, some of those fish will start branching out once it gets a little warmer. But, uh, yeah, that's about that's what's going on right now. Yeah, branching out, like, to the shallow water or where where would they No, they, they'll, go, they'll just go deeper. Gotcha. Once it starts getting hot. They'll just spread out. The bait shows up and the fish spread out once Spre- it starts warming up. Spread out and do a little feeding, huh? Yes, sir. Good deal. So, do you, do you see many triple tail this time of year? What's the... How how do, are they a summertime fish or a, how do they work? Definitely definitely a warm water fish. Uh, you, I mean it's if you ever do see one when it's cold, they're most likely not going to bite. Yeah, know? yeah, because their, their core temperature hasn't warmed up to what they want it to be. Because they almost go lethargic on you once it gets cold. I got you. Do they move a triple tail? Will they, do they stay inshore and kind of do their thing? They're just lethargic, or, or do they no, go somewhere? No, they to, no, they they migrate. I mean, okay. They're still, I'm sure, no. Now, there's probably a couple fish around, but I'm saying as they migrate, they go down towards Tampa and get back in the uh, the warmer waters. Okay. They do that and then come back around. Yes. Gotcha. So right now, these days, have you have you been able to get out on the water lately? I have not. The river's flooding. Uh, I'll try to get on the water Thursday or probably Friday or Saturday. Gotcha. I'm gonna try to fish. I yeah. said Thursday. Tomorrow's Thursday. I'm not fishing tomorrow. <laughs> and why is that? Just it's just nasty. The wind is going. I mean, we got this big old massive cold front coming through, and it's going to be blowing. And we had a lot of rainfall yesterday. It's oh, just yeah. uh, just got to give it a day or two to settle. Well, you know where where I am. Obviously, north of you, we've had an unbelievable amount of rain in the month of February, and all that rain will run down. So. How much of that runoff are you seeing? Uh, a lot. River, well, it, it reads different the higher up you go. But down low down here, our average is under six feet. 
I would say, you know, summertime. Yeah. And it used to be the springtime used to be to rise, but now it seems like at the end of the winter it rises every year now. Really? Like right at the end of it. Yeah, it used to be the spring when you'd get a lot of rainfall. So seems like it happens now in January, February. So you say rise, you're talking actual the river's actually rising uh, six feet. Uh, right now the river is well what it means is the level of the river. Okay. You know, they measure it from just say zero to I'm gonna say twenty six foot is like a massive flood stage. Right. And we're at twenty right at twenty four right now. Wow. Okay. So that's yeah. affecting the that that'll affect the fishing, obviously, huh? Oh yeah. I mean it'll push fish around. I mean you get a lot of you know, as far as you know, like trout trout especially don't like dirty water. Right. You know. They don't they like to see. You know, they don't smell. They see the see the feed. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, it affects trout fishing. It affects, you know, the red fishing in some place because you, you know, I mean, I'm talking about an area that's, you know, you got 20 miles that way, 20, say 30 miles that could be completely muddy. Yeah. Essentially. And it's just, I mean, do you just consider that unfishable for, I mean, mm, some you, of my stuff, because most of my stuff is the fly fishing and the sight fishing and all that stuff. Right. So, yeah, so, you yeah. can't see. Yeah. So, yep. No, if I can't see, I can't fish. So. Yeah. So you specialize in sight fishing, and, and obviously, like you said, fly fishing kind of comes with that. Um, what? And I think I know the answer, but what's your favorite fish to catch? Uh, probably a tarpon. Yeah. That's that's mine, too, and, and Justin and I spoke about it last week, and he's on board with that. That's his favorite as well. You can't beat them. And it, it's such a treat that we get them to migrate through the Panhandle area, you know, in the summer months and, and are able to kind of chase them around. And, and that's, that's kind of what you do, right? I mean, from, I think you told me May to August, you're a tarpon yeah. man. Yeah, that's it. And what's your favorite way to catch them? Oh, uh, fly fish. That's, that's really my, my MO is the, the fly fishing bill. I agree with you. That's, that's, I'm a big fly fisherman as well. Um, that's kind of my, my passion. Unfortunately, when I, a lot of my buddies don't fly fish, and so when I take friends or, you know, whoever out, um, that's kind of a waiting game, and a lot of people aren't built for it. No, they like that. They like instant success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they like to, to have the numbers at the end of the day, and fly right. fishing is not something you can really do that. Maybe you can, but not usually. Well, as, uh, when I will say this, as history goes on and life goes on, you know, with the population growing and all that, is it's fishing eventually, people's going to have to take the numbers out of it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and just it, go fishing just to enjoy the sport. That's it. You know, and I, I, I kind of pride myself on, I, I really don't care personally if I catch anything or not. I mean, my joy comes from being on the water, seeing all the things you see that, that aren't part of, just kind of being a part of the process, not so much a, a part of, catching everything that swims by you know that's correct so i'm a tarpon guy too and that happens in may but up until may you're going after uh redfish on the flats yeah basically redfish uh i do a little bit of trout fishing uh because this is kind of the time of the year i get my my spin fishing trips right and then uh i'll do the pompano i'll do the pompano run and then it's right to tarpon for me. Yeah. So the pompano, when do you expect them to show up? They got to be getting close. Uh, I would wish they was here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Oh, just when the water temps get around 72-ish. 
Okay. Where where do you think the water temp is now? Upper sixties, maybe mid sixties. This front's gonna shut it back down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's I mean, a tricky time of year where you know you have a beautiful day or maybe not pretty but warm day, and then it's followed by you know a cold front that just everything just swinging back and forth. Yeah, it just changes overnight. Yeah. Everything changes. Fish's attitude. There, I mean, it, it can completely shut down the fishing. Yeah. But sometimes cold fronts, I mean, this time of the year, though, you have to fish on the cold fronts a lot of times. Right. Because in my situation, the warm-ups create fog. Ah. So so you do you prefer to fish on the front end of a cold front or the back end? Well, you have to fish on the back end right now. For me, my style of fishing. Which is the sight fishing thing. Correct. Yeah. So how do you fish? fish Not unless you get a pretty day between, you know, which is possible. Right. How are you going after Pompano? Uh, I normally do not sight fish them. Okay. Sometimes I do. Uh, I jig for them, sand fleas, uh, fish passes, and I fish the beach. Yep. For them. So you're doing the same thing that a beach fisherman would do from the beach. You're doing it from a boat. That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. So – is there anything we need to know? I mean, and what I mean is if, if I were to visit Apalachicola, say spring break, vacation with a family, whatever, what's the one thing I would need to know about your fishery uh, to, to have a successful trip? I mean, booking a well, guide if is – if you're on spring break, uh, I mean, it's going to be hard not to say just fish off the beach to catch Pompano. Right. I mean, that's going to be – probably that time of the year if the water temps right and fish run you catch just as many fish off the beach as you can on the boat yeah i mean basically you're all you're doing is just fishing i mean you're doing the same thing i'm doing right yeah just different directions i guess you can get fish bites and you know the little two-way jigs with the triangle weights yep they had the little pompano jigs do you see a lot of kayak fishing happening around there i have seen that Growing, or growing. You, they uh, they fish around. Uh, most of the kayak guys fish around uh, Rattlesnake Cove area. Okay, on St. George Island. So that must be accessible then, easy to put in. Yes, get it to. is. It does have a uh, kayak accessible ramp right there. Okay, good deal. Do you? Is, are there any like public piers or any kind of public areas? Oh uh, yeah, you hot? got the bridge piers. Uh, you got one at Ten Foot Hole. Okay, up under the bridge in Appalachia. You got a. Uh, I think Michael took out one of them. Uh-oh. And, uh, but then you got the causeway bridges from East Point. Yeah, one coming off East Point, one coming off the island of the old bridge. Okay, and you can fish all that? Yes. From the bridge, okay. So, are do you ever, do you, do you have a good sheep's head fishery around there? I mean, with that many piers and bridges and things. Um, they do, we do. I mean, I don't really get to target them, but uh, some of the bay guys do. Yeah. Uh, they get in the passes in the spring for the spawn. Which they do that in Panama, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Every pass during the spring. Yep. Uh, I personally, like I said, do not fish for them. But I know you can go along the pile and scrape up the oyster, scrape up, scrape up the side of the pile and then catch them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So what's your your go-to bait? If you had to pick one bait the rest of your life, and I, and I mean Ooh. artificial. What, to survive? Well, no, just, just you're, you know, not to survive necessarily, but – to catch fish, if you had to pick one bait, and I know uh, you're a, you're a you're a fly guy too, so let's include a quarter that. quarter ounce gold spoon. Yeah, hey, that's hard to beat, isn't it? 
if I if I had to make a living doing something, that'd be the only lure I ever threw. That's it. <laughs> That's a good one. That every everything will eat it, right? Everything except for I tell you what, the little trout won't eat it most of the time, but a big old trout eats it. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I have found out in my bay. I can't speak for everybody else's bay, but in my bay, the big trout will eat spoon. Yeah, the little guys won't touch it though. No, I mean every once in a while you catch a little, but it's it's more like more or less you go you catch a big, yeah, a nice fish, you know, not a giant, but a nice. Trout. Yeah. What's the and and I didn't you know I didn't prep you for any of this, so if, if you may not have anything off the top of your head, but what's tell me the craziest thing that's ever happened on your boat on a guided trip. As far as the craziest thing, I'd probably say triple hook hook up on tarpon on a fly rod. Really? Yeah, three guys, me and two other guys, we all hooked up. No kidding. And that doesn't. I mean, that's pretty crazy because that doesn't. Yeah. That I mean, that, how many times that happened? Once. Oh, once, yeah. Yeah. My so whole career. And I've been, I've been tarpon fishing on a fly rod, with a fly rod for, let's see, I'm going to count, about 16 years now. Wow, there you go. So, you, so a triple hookup, fly rods, tarpon, mm-hmm. how many of those fish landed? Oh, no, we break them off. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, that, that's, no, we, that we was going to, now, if you said we landed all three of those fish, I was going to say, No, right. no, I ain't trying to land them. <laughs> I mean, unless it's so, so as far as my clientele is, they get on the boat with me and, you know, the first couple of years they want to grab the fish, pet the fish, you know, right. all the whole deal. And then eventually, no, I love grabbing the fish, you know, I, that's, it's fun, especially a big one. Yep. And, uh, and eventually they get over, you know, you're not really there for the, for the grab, you're there for the bite, you know, yeah. it's kind of, kind of what draws me to tarpon fishing. Well, that's me. You know, you get a you, you get to watch the take. You get a couple good jumps out of them, and you know the yeah. the grinding out part. The fish in that situation. Yeah, you? I mean, it's just it's kind of better on everybody, and and then you yeah. don't mind doing it. They're again. not very hardy. No, and you don't mind doing it again. You know, you you land one of those those big ones like that, and you've had to fight it for a while, and everybody's wore mm-hmm. out. You know. Well, so, good deal. So, I tell you what. Tell tell the listeners how we can get a hold of you, or what's the best way to reach out to you if we want to book a trip or um, find out about what you're up to down there. Well, man, the easiest way to get up to me is probably just call me or text me. Uh, Number is eight five zero three two three zero one two four. Websites AppalachianShore dot com, or you can find me on Instagram AppalachianShore or Facebook Brett Martina. Awesome. So you just, any way they need to get a hold of me. Awesome. Perfect, Britt. Listen, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk with us. Do you have any tips or anything else you'd like to share um, about fishing in your area specifically? Uh, I will say one thing I would say tips is where there's being more boaters on the water this day and age right. is etiquette goes a long ways for everybody. Oh, man. You ain't kidding. That's what I will say. Etiquette goes a long ways. Well, you see, doesn't matter if it's a guide or someone fishing. If you see them fishing somewhere and they're catching fish, don't go back there. Right. And Let you them know, have it. And That's you know what? Theirs. What bugs me? What drives me crazy? Where when I'm when I'm out and I'm on a flat or I'm I'm somewhere where I think I'm going to be by myself and somebody comes running wide open, just a and little gets bit in front of you. too well, not in front of me, just too close to me. You know. Yeah. 
then wakes out the whole shoreline. Yeah, and you think, yeah, that's over with. Yeah, come on, man, you see me here, you know. I agree with you. That's you know what we could do a whole show. I about. think I think etiquette goes a long ways in the fishing world. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's a valuable lesson I can take. Because I'll be honest with you, I've I have not been at times in my life the nicest on the water. <laughs> now, I don't believe that for one second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I promise you. But, you but, know, I mean, you kind of you kind of start growing out of it, you know. Yeah, and and you know something too, Brett. I mean, where you're fishing, especially you know, with with spending your summers chasing tarpon. I mean, that's that's a, the guys that do that. That's a sought after thing, and and you have places that you want to that you want to spend your time looking for those fish coming through. Well, and you got to protect it too. Exactly. That's the issue. Yeah. You know? Yep. You got to protect it because if you don't protect it, nobody else will. That's it, and you know, I think that the. The outdoor community and and specifically the fishing community are the ones that will protect it. I mean, you see things like Captains for Clean Water and all these different groups that are that are essentially fishermen that just kind of banded together for a common cause, and that's how you move the needle on some of this stuff. And I agree with you. That is the truth, my man. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, Britt. Thank you for taking a minute to talk to us, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you again maybe next week. All right, holla at me. Wise words from Captain Brett Martina on stewardship on the water. Being courteous to other boaters, other fishermen, other people that are out enjoying the same resource that you are. We all have to share it. So if we can be polite, be courteous, not get on top of each other or try to hot spot or do anything silly, uh, then everybody ends up having a better time. So thanks for bringing that up, Brett. That's a great point. That's it for our show this week. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes because next week's going to be another good one. See you next week. Mm-hmm.